Hello, welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I am an alcoholic. Today's podcast is actually brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial if you visit www.audibletrial.com slash eavesdrop and choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And uh, just as a side note, uh, an Audible book that I've downloaded recently and have been making my way through uh, is a title called Never Enough, The Neuroscience and Experience of Addiction by Judith Grissel. Um, and I felt like that was an appropriate title uh, for this podcast in particular. And today's podcast, I'm very excited about, um, and not just because I was able to successfully, finally successfully get a, an interview with somebody, a conversation with somebody recorded successfully, but it was somebody who I was very excited to talk to, uh, my friend Anne. Uh, who I've known peripherally for a good 10 years now, if not more. Um, anyway, without further ado, uh, here's here's the conversation. Anyway. Welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Hello. I'm your host, Dylan. I am an alcoholic. Um, and today I am sitting down with a, a, a friend who I've known for, I don't, it's a vague idea of exactly when I met you, but I've known you for several years We've at this We've paralleled point. each other for a long time. For a long time. time. Yeah. Like a good Three or four years, right? Like it's I'd been see you than around. That. I and know then, you from when you worked at the co-op, right. but not know you, know you. Yeah, well, because like, uh, I knew your boyfriend at the time which one jason yes he and i had worked at the co-op like a decade earlier right and I that's think why I we were buddies recall seeing you prior to that we used to live down mm. closer to the co-op and would see you working there so right? you were just one of like the, these people sure. who existed kind of within a couple of that was of my realms different realms of mine i feel like that was my existence at that period because i also worked at the ymca so yep everywhere i, saw you there I went too. yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway uh, and uh, thank you for sitting down with me. I, I this is all. Me. <laughs> how giggly you are. <laughs> well, this is new, so you know, like you, you asked what a, you know, what should I talk about? I, I don't know. Like, okay. I mean, my only, like I said before, we turn this on is I, I just like to talk to people who are in recovery, um, who aren't, who you know, I, I'm quasi focused on twelve step because. One of my first thoughts of this whole podcast was me as probably not the greatest representer of the 12-step program trying to sell it to people who already really don't like it sure. kind of thing. Or not yeah. necessarily don't like it, but have had They have negative, a negative experience with it, and yeah. it sucks, and it's trading one addiction for an addiction of that uh, is... the s- smoky rooms. <laughs> I love Jesus. Not so much anymore. <laughs> right. Well, they still smell like it, but... Some of them, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you're and sitting next to big smokers who they themselves stink real good. This is true. I am one of those... Stinky oh my god i no. just realized that i didn't it's mean totally, that no it's fine i uh that's a thing that i will work on someday i but forget I'm not that you're a smoker to. that it's i fucking love cigarettes and i wish that i didn't because like although i was doing yoga this morning and i was like which was like okay you're gonna do this okay you did it this it was like a feat right to do doing that the yoga yeah 10 minute youtube video yoga oh and <laughs> I can't do it by myself. I'm so unlike. like uh, No, I thought you were at a class. I thought you were gonna say you went to a no, class. No, no, no. That's crazy to get up and dressed that early on a day I don't have to work. 
I suppose that's true. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. I can't. I, uh, I'm like, oh, wow, feel that nicotine moving around in your body or As tar. Right. Feel that tar. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's disgusting. Anyway, I didn't mean to uh, lump you in with the people. <laughs> it's fine. But I'm a dirty smoker. Without, um, so you know, I, I have that kind of in the back of my mind, but. I don't know. I mean, you. I feel like you're roughly as bought into the program as I am. And maybe, maybe you've you've pulled back a little bit more. I still find myself going fairly frequently. Yeah. And I, 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 regardless, all I want to do is chat about your life um, because you're you you are you're a performer in town and mm-hmm. you do things uh, and do things. you do a lot of things, <laughs> but not like boring things. They're interesting things. Yeah. Um, and. When I sat down with somebody else uh, last week before we started, they pointed out that fun and sobriety is one of the most lame topics that you get when if you go to a meeting and somebody brings that up, it's a lame topic, which I found very humorous because that was not anywhere in my my mind when I was, when I decided to call this that. Yeah. My, my take on fun and sobriety was more like, what the fuck do you do to actually have fun in your life? Right. Because like, you're sober right. and which I guess is the same as that topic, but part of it is, is I'm kind of teasing people because people get really weird about trying to prove how much fun they're having right. in sobriety. It sometimes turns into like the big toy competition. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like from the outside, I mean, we've known each other, but we're not like, we don't hang out. We're not anything. super tight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You've watched my kid a couple times or he's had sleep. Oh my gosh. That's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, and I figured we'd get around to talking well, about oh, your shit. kid. We'll get there. <laughs> <clears throat> that is all I've been talking about for the last long time but i like this change in oh well and i and it's only whatever you're comfortable talking about but i i would like to like start off by you know what what is your story like just uh, uh sure. to, to whatever extent you feel like going into it like your background like what, what brought you into recovery yeah right? Right? Uh, my kid's a huge portion of that too is that, which okay. is pretty uh because because how old is he he's 16 16 that's right okay. i've been sober for 16 years Oh, so there's a, oh, there you right? go. There there's you a, go. There's, there's a, a good hint. connection. There's huh? a connection. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my name's Anne. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Anne. <laughs> uh, it's so uh, indoctrinated, right? Oh, seriously, it is. But I kind of appreciate that sure. as well. Um, so let's see. I started using heroin when I was 16. And where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Boise. Okay. I grew up in Boise really... Uh, Loving parents who were lower middle class. Like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad, like, blue-collar, worked for the school district as a custodian for his entire career. What? Where did you get exposed to? I mean, I I have a naive view of Boise that I've I've come to realize over the last 20 years. Yeah, there's been here for a long time. For a while. I because I was... I started using in 98. And I remember okay. the date because I was supposed to, my friend was living in Washington at the time and he had turned me on to Built to Spill like back in the day, right? Sure. And he was like my music idol who t- showed me all the cool indie bands and stuff. And he's like, okay, Built to Spill is playing at the BSU Amphitheater <laughs> August 28th. You have to go. And I was like, obviously I'm going to go. Like the last time I had seen them play there, I bummed a cigarette from Doug Marsh and it was an American Spirit Blue. <laughs> I saved the butt and t- <laughs> like I saved it. And I taped it into my little fucking teenage did you really oh notebook. that's so oh, great yeah yeah that's great so i was super stoked to go see built to spill but then like i went 90. up to uh eighth street and shot up for the first time 
instead. But how would you find? I'm. I don't. I'm. Yeah. I don't mean, it looks so incredulous. No, but how uh, would how would you go from be- just like about to go to a concert to like, hey, maybe I'll try IV drug use? Right. Ah, yeah, that does sound <laughs> funny together. Uh, let's see. So I I'm assuming you had been like whatever using more ex- recreational. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like this correlates so well with my child who is. Hmm. Uh, which is, um, I had been on the hunt for something like quite literally that would make me feel alive. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, there's a layer of that teenage angst of the, I went to a Catholic school and it was awful. And granted, some of that is my teenage skewed perspective, but some of it is rich fucking assholes too. Uh, and, and I was not. And so that, that, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to play like the, oh, poor me, teenage self. But I definitely felt that. And there was some truth to that. Sure. And the not fitting in. And I was really self-conscious and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I started hanging out downtown. And there's all these just kind of like ragtag, like goth and hippie and punk rock kids. And we all just kind of coalesced together to make this little band of stupid (laughs) teenage assholes. 16-year-olds hanging out at the Grove, right? Sure. Yeah, okay, Um, okay. And I was... You know, I'd smoke weed and I'd drink beer and I could not drink to save my life. I'd get like a beer down me, maybe. Like I got so full and bloated. Really? Granted, it was like beast. It was Milwaukee's best, right? That was what they drank at the punk rock house. And I couldn't. Uh, that's, what, that's what everybody drank. Yeah. I couldn't drink real well, but I tried. Like I couldn't get it down fast enough to get drunk without just getting like. Yeah, then feeling uncomfortable. The bubbly feeling in my belly. Um, and. I hated weed. Could not, like, I didn't get stoned for a long time. The first few, like, I don't know, when I tried it. And then when I did get stoned, it was awful. And I really? was so paranoid. Like, I wish I could just be a pothead. I, like, I, would, I wish I could just be a fucking stoner, man, because it's so much uh, well, less easier. damaging <laughs> yeah. and easier. But I think it would be harder to quit, too, or, like, hit a bottom with. Anyways, uh, sure. I, was, I was quite literally on the hunt for something that would make me feel real and alive and like part of something bigger than me or just part of something and I uh, was really interested in like I had I tried a handful of shit I had acid and special K and some other sure stuff and I was dating this boy and he was beautiful oh my god I know like I seriously <laughs> first fucking love we dated two and a half months the Goo Goo Dolls song name was like whatever I was, and he was beautiful, and I was, he had done heroin in the past, and some of the punk rock kids had, Sure, but it was pretty taboo, like drinking and smoking weed were the okay things in the punk rock world, right? which I was on the periphery of. I could hang out with him when I was dating this boy, um, and I was like, yeah, I'd like to try it sometime. Like, it's just, like, this mysterious. Oh, God, it terrifies this me. This mysterious thing, right? When and I was he, that age, that fucking horrified me. Oh, my good. goodness. I'm glad, because I have a really stupid lack of fear hmm. towards a lot of things. And uh, on August 28th, he's like, hey, did you still want to try heroin? And I was like, <sighs> yeah. And so this kid I actually went to Catholic school with. He was two years above me. I spent the night at his house because his sister was my age. Right. He was there. He was a super punk rock guy. We drove my dad's old Buick, uh, which he got from my grandma, up 8th Street. And So you just mean like up, up, up into the, the foothills there, like the foothills. where the street, yeah, where like, the like we're, we're squatted behind the car getting it all ready. And uh, there's joggers kind of like oh. moving our bodies around to make sure – 
And this other woman who was a little bit older, uh, she was the uh, she hit my vein for me. I don't remember if it was in my hand or my arm. Uh, but she hit my vein for me, and I was like, just this really light, beautiful rush like came over my body, and I was like, I wasn't fucked up like on acid. I wasn't. I had all of my capacities. Yeah. And this beautiful, peaceful like. Like feeling, what you were looking and for. And I was fucking confident, <clears throat> and it was okay, and mm. that was awesome. Uh, I did puke. But it wasn't. I, I wasn't. No, I it wasn't yeah. yucky to either. Like I love throwing up when I'm high. I hate throwing up any other time in my life. I will avoid it to no end. But uh, I just opened the door and I puked, and then I started driving again. And I was like, "Wow, that wasn't scary. Like huh. puking is scary. Damn it! <laughs> it was not. And it was perfect. Uh, it was real weird. And then we smoked heroin for a while, and then it got nasty and icky and. Uh, for like years or months or what? What? Uh, or just that night or what? Oh, oh no! <laughs> then I fast forwarded. That was sure. a highlight of that night. The first, <laughs> first time, very memorable. Did you? Did you still make it to the Vilt to Spill show? No, they were done. Oh, they were done. You by had the time. fucked around and got yeah. High no, I, I opted to get high. Yeah. They were done, well, and they still perform. So you didn't. They still perform. <laughs> so you're fun. okay. Yeah, they're okay. I've seen them. I've seen them since. <laughs> Um, You've probably been able to give Doug a, a cigarette back at this point. I hope so. I, I don't recall now, but I hope so. Uh, yeah. So then uh, I just started. I started. I found the thing that made me okay, and it was so, great. So you were. So then that went on for a few years. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, I went on for. I, I used pretty heavy for four years, uh, and so I lost all those. You know, because teenage relationships are not very stable. Sure. All those friends went away, but I still had heroin. Like it's still. I could. I bounced back and I I don't know my parents found my my poor dad like they were that would really wouldn't flip that fuck me you up I mean I, mean, I, I have a sixteen year old too that would really fuck I know me up. I know I can't imagine <clears throat> especially like my dad has been such a, like he was just over at my house this morning he watched my son this weekend and he is a fucking rock and should be canonized yeah. into sainthood really uh, but. Uh, they were not the Snoopy type of parents at all. Like, right. they didn't go through my stuff. And I guess I was supposed to turn, like, a check-in for something at school. I don't know, some fee or something, right? Right. They were looking for it in my backpack. My dad never did that and found my little baggie full of all of my works. That would flip I don't, me out. I, yeah, and I was just a defiant little bitch. And so oh. it didn't It didn't matter. Um, but they stuck me in Mercy Medical Center, uh, which was in Nampa. They had a rehab there. And I was 16, and I didn't know... What it was like to be dope sick. Oh, yet. Okay. Uh, I was there. Oh, oh. I was there over Christmas, and I wasn't. I hadn't been using heavy enough. Like I was sweaty, and I couldn't sleep real well. But I thought that was just because I was pissed off and I wasn't able to right. smoke cigarettes. I didn't really. Nobody really told me of what the detox symptoms were like. Uh, my parents would come visit me, and my mom, who cannot cope with stress, sure, uh, would not. She was sitting in the dormitory room on the bed across from me and i'm just like shooting daggers with my eyeballs and she wouldn't fucking acknowledge why like why i was there she wouldn't acknowledge why i was there i was like but what? she was she was talk to you and be but she was just like she couldn't pretending talk to like me she was... was just crying Ugh. and what like i and that made me hate her even sure. more you know and now i'm like god you were a bitch you were such a bitch to your parents but yeah. uh i put them through the hell like i went back and forth uh, i dropped out of high school and Went back and forth from Boise to Seattle a lot. Uh, when I was 18, I got a job working at a cannery in Alaska. And I cleaned up enough so I wouldn't be dope sick going up there. 
and learned how to drink really well. Yeah. Really well. There's, uh, they're called the Beach Gang. They were up there the whole year. I was going to ask if you just hadn't ever just tried hard liquor at that point. Like I think I had by that by this because <laughs> well, now we're fast you forwarded had, to earlier 18. when you when you couldn't no, get a beer I don't down. Think, uh, I had in like bits, but also I was a high school sure. student. It wasn't quite as accessible. Sure. My parents weren't heavy drinkers. I didn't have their liquor cabinet to pull from regularly, <laughs> as my kid did last night to my dad. Oh, oh god, um, two nights ago. Uh, but. Yeah, so I bounced back and forth from Boise to Seattle quite a bit, uh, you know, doing geographicals, going to get right. clean. I could drink with the best of them. And if I was on, if I was high at the yeah. same time, I could put so much down. Uh, and I could just, like, I could keep up with the guys, which I would try to do before I started, you know, before I got really strung out. And no, I just made a fucking fool of myself. I would get like five drinks in in an hour. And then be obliterated and passed out next sure. to a mailbox in San Francisco, <clears throat> which happened. <laughs> sure. And it was not like the highlight of the party then. It was a stupid teenage girlfriend that got drug along and now they had to babysit. Right. Yeah. But then somewhere you... So did, would, were you back in Boise when you got clean? I was, yeah. So I'd stolen a whole bunch of... Stole a few thousands of dollars from my parents oh. because... Uh, I was back in Boise. I had been in a couple detox centers in Seattle. Uh, back in Boise again. Oh, man. Forged their checks. Just stole their checkbook and forged their checks. Uh, and I was... I had a habit of moving or checking myself into somewhere right before it got unmanageable. Sure. You know what I mean? Like right you before could, you I could couldn't, feel it coming. I couldn't have, I knew I couldn't afford my addiction anymore and I couldn't figure out ways to hmm. get enough money to get high. Uh, so I would I would do something about that and so I could lower my tolerance a little bit and then start using again. So what happened? I mean because you've been clean now for 16 so, years. Yeah, yeah. So like what How did that happen? Yeah, like what what, yeah, so what was different? I was I don't know. Okay. I was in Boise. I was not feeling that desperation. Uh, my parents weren't talking to me because I had sure. stolen a lot of money from them. <laughs> sure. And uh, that I hadn't hit the desperate point yet. And I started making a couple phone calls like, you know, maybe I should get clean. Maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe I should look into this. And I called St. Al's and they had a an intensive outpatient, which was like three hours a night, four nights I, a I, week. I went to that myself. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, really? Because yeah. I need you to lock me the fuck up. Right. Like, you need to put me someplace for like two weeks so I, because that's not going to work. I had sure. tried that in Seattle, and I was like, well, I could do coke <laughs> and smoke weed while I'm doing this program. <laughs> it made sense. I didn't get it. Like, I just didn't get it at sure. that time uh, because I was not an alcoholic or a drug addict. I sure. just had a problem. I really like heroin. <laughs> Small problem with heroin. <laughs> I really had an affinity for heroin. Uh, and I, I couldn't find, there was very little resources. So this was nine, no, 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 no. This was 2002. Very little resources in Boise at that time. Is that right? Okay. And I called my mom and they had already, I don't know how much money they had spent on me besides what I had stolen from them already and the stress that I put them through. But she, uh, she's like, well, let me make a phone call. I want to, uh, I'll see what I can find. And I was like, really? Okay. And she did, and she took me uh, to this place called the Airy, and I got to meet this little old man counselor named Mac, and he talked to me about their program, and it was a fancy-schmancy, like Idaho, but fancy-schmancy rehab place. What's it called? It's called the Airy. It's closed now. Oh, okay. Since the, I've never the couple who run it, ran it have passed away. Uh, it was up by the golf course on the way to Horseshoe Bend. Okay. Yeah. 
It's in an old winery building, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, I was like, well, you know, I think what it would really help is if you uh, help me detox with hydrocodone. That'd be fine. If I could in, you know, and just taper me off. And he's like, sure, we'll talk about that when you get here. And I was like, okay, okay. The first night I was there, so I was like, okay, I'll check in. The first night I was there, he gave me like a half a Valium to fall asleep. And that was the only medication he gave me the entire time. And I was literally retching on the ground for like two weeks of just this pile of sweat and miserable, nasty, fucking cramping, disgusting waste of a human body. Uh, and it was awful. And yeah, oh God, it was so bad. But this, like the program was great itself. Uh, Mac was this, he had been sober for a long ass time and he was 70 something, maybe 72 and he was short. He came up to like my nose. Okay. And he was standing in front of the stairway one day and he was so angry at me because I was just a defiant, I mean, I was 20 at the time, but he, I was, I had the mentality of like a 15 year old okay. snot face brat. Okay. And he looked at me and he goes, he's standing in front of the staircase, right? And I am just living like pink hair and like, Rah. I feel like I can see it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, little girl, what you have, what you've been doing hasn't been working. So why don't you sit down and shut up and listen to someone else for a change? And I wanted to punch him and I saw it happening. Like I punched him in the head and he fell down the stairway. And really what I did was like just like fall back into myself and start crying. Yeah. And, I was like, uh, and then about three weeks into that program, I they, you know, I do all the fucking drug or tests and like see if you have gonorrhea and all that shit. And there's a pregnancy test. And oh, then and I then was pregnant, pregnant and I was like, oh, well. <clears throat> I am pregnant. I guess I'm not going because I was like, okay, you can put heroin aside for a little while, but you're not a fucking alcoholic. Uh, you don't drink problematically. Okay. Uh, said the girl drinking Ice House at 11:30 in the morning, right? Sure. Because why not? It's in the fridge. I might as well get drunk while I'm making breakfast. Sure. Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, um. And then I was pregnant, and I was like, well, I guess I have like eight more months to be sober. I won't drink for eight months. That's oh, and fine. just be, I see, I see. And uh, that bought me some time. That okay. bought me some. So you use that as a, a way to like, ins- I don't know, I hate the, the word inspire, but inspire you to to stay uh, clean for a shorter period. Yeah, it wasn't, at that point, it wasn't a choice. Like you just, you're going to be sober now. Well, okay. I right, mean, yeah. that's how it felt in my body, right? right? right. Um, and also, but like, with like a window, like knowing yeah, once the kid I was comes, like, you can f- I'll reevaluate. figure that out. I'll figure that out when I get there, right? I didn't, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to have an abortion, which is surprising to me. Huh. Uh, like instantly when I saw the stick, I was like, fuck, I'm having a baby. Wow. And, and uh, then I was like, well, it took me like five months. My nurse practitioner was like, so we need to make a decision now. <laughs> like, are you going to keep this baby or are you going to give him up for adoption? Right. And I was like, I'm going to keep him, question mark. And right. she's like, okay, great. And like, this is how we go. And I was like, okay, thanks for deciding that for me. Like right. at the five-month gestational right. point, right? So I was a little indecisive. Uh, so that's kind of how it came about. Okay. Uh, and then and then your boy was your boy was born. My boy was born. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly how long I was using while he was oh, inside of me. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, boy. Uh, sure. Yeah, it was either three weeks or five weeks. Sure. Not sure. Um, yeah, but between that, between like having him and when I got out of rehab, I didn't know what to do with my body. Like, I still felt shitty. I still felt like, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have any passions. I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't have a life at all, right? right. Uh, and I, 
I worked at a bowling alley. I was super white trash and bartending <laughs> during the day at Le Bois Park for the simulcast. Okay. Uh, and I... Yeah, I'm not super comfortable with that description, but I could see a pregnant woman working in a bar might come across as... <laughs> Dude, and then after I had him in the back little office room smoking with my breast pump connected, I... W- I really That's wish I would have photo documented yeah, that because I was. It's a too bad classy. Instagram wasn't around. I back know, then. <laughs> I know. I was a classy bitch. A classy uh, bitch. Yeah, I. Uh, so the the one thing that stuck uh, with the airy Mac had taken us to AA meetings, and he was a judgmental, oh. crusty old man. He was. Oh yeah, and I love him. Oh like, okay. He, no, he was like, so I'm going to take you to a good meeting. Oh, boy. And then the next night, I'm going to take you to a bad meeting. Oh, that's actually, that's, that's terrific. actually what he said, yeah. Oh, that's terrific. So the area was out, like, uh, south I like that. of Eagle. And he took us, there was a, one in Star and one in Meridian. It wasn't the bowling alley, because okay. almost trashy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been to that one. I know. One time. Uh, and a couple others, like, in the Meridian Eagle area. Huh. And then one night, he took us to the Grapevine. And which, he's like, which and did that one? That was the bad meeting. Okay, I was going to say, that I wonder the, where no, that No, we really like the... almost literally had a rendezvous afterwards in the rehab van and was like, do you see why this was a bad meeting? Oh and he like, he's sitting at the table smoking because he's an old smoker, right? And he's looking around at us like, yeah, you get the difference, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. You see what I said to you? That is um, so funny because uh, so many people would stand for that meeting. And I was like, this place is not for me. No, it wasn't for me either. Although I will tell you... Um, it saved that and the Red House, which I have mixed feelings yeah, about. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, we could talk about that mm-hmm, in a sec. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I, I feel like I got sober, there. I, I register myself as having gotten sober at the seven a.m. I love that meeting. Exactly. Yeah, that and one's then good. But... I got stuck having to go to the ten p.m. because my my job. Once I got a job and I couldn't go any other time You're of the stuck. day, and it. I almost I went to that meeting a couple. I'm going to digress for a minute. Go for my it. My ass was falling off. Uh-huh. I went. That's to, what that meeting's for. That's what that meeting is yeah. for. And you know what it did? I almost literally like I have never been this fired up, and I was a fucking disaster driving down there, like sobbing. Right? Was this how long ago was this? Two weeks. Okay. Yeah, two weeks. So in ago. the new location. Oh, in the new location. Oh, I did this two weeks ago too. Really? We must have just missed each I, other. I did it on a Saturday. I must have gone on a Friday. That's like, far out. Was, yeah. I almost started I almost told a man he was full of shit and I was so like having to keep myself in the chair oh and not gosh. walk across the room and fucking punch him in the face. Wow, okay, I wasn't like, as far back. Oh, <laughs> well, I came in real real low and real upset. So sure. the good the benefit of that meeting was I know how to cope with anger. I did not ha- know how to cope with the despair and hopelessness that I was feeling. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, great. This is an emotion I can handle and I am sober. <laughs> I'm going to go rage at my house now. And I think I went home and did some like deep cleaning. Sure. However, if I was a newcomer coming into that uh-uh. meeting. No, that's. That is that why. meeting is tough. Oh, for my fucking God. I, like, I'm what concerned. have you done? You have just like literally signed the death fucking sentence to four people who were in that room. You fucking old man who shouldn't be alive. <laughs> but that's me being a judgmental bitch, which I have some tendencies to do. I was pissed. That's so great. Yeah. But so really back to early sobriety then, uh, I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself. And the Red House and the Grapevine saved my ass, not necessarily for the content, but I had a safe place to be and when I didn't know where the fuck to go. Yeah. Like, and and I there was always at least one friendly face in there that I could relate to and and want to talk to and and feel comfortable like, okay, even if I'm not going to say anything, I can sit near this person and feel okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So- that was 
So I went to a lot of meetings. Sure. And then I had a baby, and then I kept going to a lot of meetings. And uh, I, I, and you know, from back on this side of it, it just looks like over time, shit started to work for you, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta assume you feel like your life is a lot better than when you were a twenty year old strung out heroin addict. Yes, that that but, is that is correct. But uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I think I get it. By I think I got the program literally by osmosis. Though. Sure. Like being there again into my fourth step till I was like five years sober. Sure. Three to five years sober. Well, and that's that's the thing for me is like the thumpers. I just I'm like this is entirely for me at right. my pace and my rate yeah. and I'm going to get where I'm going to get when I get there. And I totally understand the the view of like shut up and listen to somebody else oh, yeah. for a minute because that's valid I mean, especially that's... now having a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, but that and I've worked in detox centers like really you don't know everything just let somebody else take care of right. you for a little bit, okay? And let your brain clear. But I yeah, I think the 12 steps are an outline. And yeah, they're a way to get there. They're a way recovery to, is the objective, recovery not the 12 is the steps. Objective, and the 12 steps are a great path to take you there. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly the way I... they parallel. Like now, looking back, my family is super Catholic, right? I don't necessarily like the okay. way that my mom expresses her Catholicism and she leans more to the dogma. And, exactly. Which is interesting because most Catholics are Catholic, as far as I can tell, so that they don't have to have much dogma. <laughs> Okay, she leans into the Catholic guilt yeah, and okay. worry, yeah, and you. she's. But but you you do. But have I a... can see like their circle of friends, right? That's been around since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no fucking Catholics, blah blah blah, and they're sweet older people, and sure. I appreciate them. But then, like having my brain like cleared out and having that like block of anger removed, and yeah. the you're wrong, I'm right. Sure. Even though I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sure. I'm like, oh, I get how you are experiencing the same thing that I am starting to slowly uncover through your path of spirituality, spirituality, sure. right? And I can see the the parallels and I can see how they're linked. Yeah. But I, I, I think taken, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So okay, what is what is your what is your sense of spirituality? I mean that mm. it, it is it is that double-edged sort of of the 12-step program of like critical and the center point of it but so off-putting yeah. to so many people. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really think about that. So, but, but you, you, you've, you have some, some personal thing on it. What, right. What, what, I do. do and that's it? really, uh, it's really hard to put into succinct words. Um, I think the most when like the times that I have been the most connected to whatever this like greater being is or energy sure. form sure. have been when I have been the most desperate Sure. Uh, once, like this sounds terrible, but I was uh, really intoxicated and on a whole bunch of mushrooms, and I was with a bunch of strange people in. A... Well, being on <clears throat> mushrooms will make you see God. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was wearing clothes that weren't mine. I was in a city that I didn't know, and with a whole room full of people where I only knew one person, Ugh. and I was frying balls. Yeah, and that... I had to look. Was I this, was was this Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Because I think they were doing something to those mushrooms. I'm pretty I've sure had they some were. Really bad experiences with those exact in that same location. Yeah. Because they lived, were growing wild, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I, know. I, I don't know. I just I, I lived at a hostel. I got them. Oh, I Jesus. would yeah, just I pop a couple, a couple and walk around and give myself city tours. Yeah. Frying balls. Uh, <sighs> yeah. But I looked at my legs and I didn't even recognize the pants that I had on, right? Because <laughs> I had just bought new pants at all. Okay. And uh, I was like, I 
like, okay, you are inside. Like having to find like that deep core of me that is connect. That was one time. And again, I'm not expressing this very well. No, I, uh, I feel like that's the biggest problem is that you can't really, if you feel it, you just feel it. Yeah. But, uh, the night before I had my kid, I had a major freak out. I was so terrified of having a baby and being sure. responsible for this baby. And I had been going to a ton of AA meetings fuck God, I didn't like God, sure. blah, blah, blah. What, look what, I still had the mentality of like, look what you've done to me, right? <laughs> like I am the poor victim. <laughs> and I was driving home. I was living with my parents and I was driving home and I had to pull over on the side of the road because I was so freaked out, right. so freaked out. And it was just it, like, it came out of me, just like erupted out of me. And I was like, fuck you, God, this is me praying. So listen up. And I just like unloaded this shit. For right? real? Yeah, no, Hill Road. Pulled over on the side of Hill Road between uh, 15th and Harrison. Okay. Uh, and just no, was exactly like, that's fine. this is me praying right now because I don't know how, right? And I just like, Bleh. and I unloaded. I don't know what I unloaded, but just a bunch of fear and garbage. Mm. And then this like this wash of peace came over me. And I had my kid the next day. And I had this beautiful lead up to that. And yeah. nothing like being in labor, this incredible pain that I have never experienced before in my life. I can't fight <clears> against <throat> it. And you just release into it. And you're like, okay, right? That was another one of those. Sure. Like, I'm connected to something bigger. Sure. Right here, I'm connected to something bigger. Um, yeah, I can imagine literally giving birth would have. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, I think it was, it was during the really scary contractions when I was in the bathtub. Uh, but, oh my God. Uh, but it, like, so very extreme points, I guess, have So, but on like me. a day-to-day basis or whatever, just random... Oh, geez. Like, do you have any... Do I have a practice? And I didn't even mean that. I mean, I don't have a practice, but sometimes yeah. I, I feel as this like sense of like, uh, I feel like graceful. And when I'm in grace, right. I feel like I'm connected with the universe, like like a, the flowing river analogy. Right? Yeah. And uh, I really feel, I, I feel like I notice it more when I'm not in that, you know? Yes. I. And that's about as... Spiritual, spiritual as, as I, you get yeah yeah or I, at least that i you know focus on it you know yes uh so in the day-to-day i find that when i am with i work with people uh in my job and uh when i am able to and here we go back to the aa shit but like mm-hmm. be of service and mm-hmm. be open and be vulnerable if needed right like let me share my experience because i can see how this could potentially sure enable this and it's not that i'm getting into like me being a junkie or anything but sure um and having hard hard open dialogues yeah with other human beings i think is i yeah i feel you really how i connect to that to like this fucking life force that is just some some kind of warmth yeah suddenly feel warm interacting with the other person or whatever yeah yeah. and and like you've connected on a real basis yeah versus like oh this is how you appear and yeah 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 um i work with volunteers and this one woman who is she is well off and probably a republican and drives a lexus <laughs> and has like tattooed eyebrows and oh. probably in her 60s and normally somebody would hate right Just yeah or instinctively you instinctively already I'm like, them. yeah well I feel you. we're not can i tell you how much i love her sure because yeah. we have can, fuck that exterior shit you. right so yeah. when you get that genuine connection with somebody yeah. else uh because you're both working towards Improving something is very helpful. I garden a lot. 
I really love. Do you? I'm, oh, that's great. I, I'm not real great at it. Like, don't I, ask gardening me about, makes me nuts. <laughs> oh, I just like I like to. I'm good at destroying things and building things. Okay. Like Dan's the de- detailed man, but like you need somebody to demolish, demolish something sure. or like. That's right. You had goats for a little while, right? Yeah, or at least a goat. <laughs> I, I had two goats. Yeah. I had two goats. Then my neighbor called me in, and I got a goat ticket. <laughs> I had to go to goat court. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wore Do you still have the goats? No, oh, okay. I had to get rid you of them rid because of them. Yeah. they're not allowed in city limits, which I am a <laughs> ask for forgiveness, not permission type of person. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this is the West. Come on. Right? Uh, I feel like the answer to that was just a, a taller fence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those take a while to build. Finally have one now. But Have you? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I do. Well, I, I do want to ask about the, um, the burlesque stuff. Yeah. Okay, so like where did you... When did that start happening? Because I feel like I was aware of you before that started. And then yeah. you started to, I guess, with the red light, right? Is that uh, how it all started? I started a little before that, but yeah, that's how I So what, what, draw you, what drew you to that, right? Because it doesn't sound like from what you've described so right. far that you were performative by name. It's not right. like you weren't like a drama kid or something, or at least you didn't mention it. No. Like, so I <clears> had... Uh, after I had Micah, my son, I was like, well, shit, you better go to school because now you have a kid to, sure, you okay. didn't grad, you got your GED uh, and you have a child to provide for and be an example for, right? Sure. Like, don't be an uneducated white trash <laughs> bartender <laughs> at the racetrack. <laughs> I was, oh, Arnell Jones. That was the owner. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize that was Arnell. I love Arnell. I mean, I don't know him. I yeah, just was. I was. Bag. Oh no, I was just way into BSU when he was a when he was a ball player. Oh, did he play? Oh yeah, ball? that's where he came from. And I so I just know. I didn't realize he was I that guy. I just knew he was a sure. bag. Uh, but well, that doesn't surprise me. I just remember I was a teenager and I was just like Arnell Jones. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know he was a football player, but I basketball, mean, basketball. Oh, excuse me. Right. Yeah. See, I'm very informed of such things. <laughs> he may have actually played football too. I don't know, but I was I was, he was way big. Into, I was like, way into BSU basketball at the time. It was it like Chris Childs, Arnell Jones, Brian King? Come on, 1986. I, come on. I was four. I know. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I went back to school, and I, or I went to school, and I had to jump through some hoops because I had tried, whatever. Uh, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing there. I was taking all, like, the, you know, core area sure, of classes. Course. And uh, I signed up for an intro to logic class, and I went to the first day, and I didn't know what the man was talking about. For I got sure. home to you do had... my homework. The first page of that textbook <laughs> took me 30 minutes to read. Be- and because I was looking up like every and uh-huh. I and I was like I cannot do this class, I am never going to pass this. And so I signed up. That's for a, a rough one to jump into. You should have a little me. bit of time under your and belt. And I had no high school experience in any of this shit <laughs> under my belt. Like I stopped going to high school before I actually dropped out. So I had. Uh, I was, I was like, like eighth grade was the last grade I actually attended and sure. and was focused on. Yeah, I was like three quarters through a math degree, and I took that class. I was like, oh, this is tricky. <laughs> math degree. Oh my god. Math and physics. Oh, wow. We are opposites. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so I, I changed and got into a theater 100 class late. And nice. Tracy Sunderland uh-huh. has what uh, I have, I still have, but the biggest girl crush on yeah, her, like the admir- admiration, just For like sure. you fill my soul. And she, it was a theater 100 class mm-hmm. and she was happy. And she was doing what she loved, and I had what she wanted. And so it was very program shit right there. Sure. 
I had taken a couple classes through Idaho Theater for Youth when I should have been in high school in the evening. Sure. And I was like, okay, I have that little bit of whatever to fall back on. Why not? Let's get a theater degree. Okay. So did you get a theater degree? I did. I have my degree in theater. Because I, I started off as a theater oh, major. Oh, look at you. And, I, and the same thing, like the, as you're saying that, it wasn't Tracy at the time. It was, I don't remember that guy's name. Um, but yeah, the theater, like the, the, the intro courses, those guys were, they, I was just like on fire. Yeah, really, because really, they were passionate. And they were happy. You're right. That's right. what it was. It was like, she these had guys are what I wanted. Happy. Like, yeah. she just had, she had a purpose in life and yeah. she was joyful. Yeah, joyful. Exactly. Uh, and it was amazing. Um, so that was a tumultuous time. But, Personal feeling wise, right? Because I'm now 22 and I have a kid, and most people are like 18, 19, and they're sure. coming. I'm not quite the they're, returning student, but they all have like all this high school experience, oh. and we've done the Shakespearean shit through well, ISF. And, and those guys, those people <clears throat> always got on my nerves. That's why I quit being a, oh a my God, theater I know. major. They're, I was just like, was, I am far too cool for these people. <laughs> I know it was it was pretty intense. But they so in the in the Morrison Center, they had the the TMA board with all the audition right. notices. Somebody posted burlesque troupe auditions. Got it. And I was like, what's burlesque? I know it's kind of like vaudeville. <laughs> uh, my dad used to, I used to fall asleep listening to my dad's old like Abbott and Costello tapes okay. and Lone Ranger and like all of these old <laughs> vaudeville skits, right? Like Burns and Allen, Fibber McGee oh, and Molly. Okay. Like okay. he had the golden series on cassette. Yeah, oh my God, they were great. Yeah. Uh, Burns and Allen are terrific. George Burns is he's on my amazing. top five fav- yeah. favorite dead people list. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, I auditioned for this burlesque group. It was the worst audition I've ever done. And I was cast because the woman was desperate. And it was terrifying. Because it was Boise. Well, because it was Boise and nobody knew what the fuck burlesque was. Sure, Uh, yeah. And so it's been an adventure since then. So Was that red light? No, that was was the cherry bombs. It was, yeah, exactly. That was the cherry bombs. Uh, Oh, I do remember them. Now you say that, I remember the posters. Thrive Magazine. Do you remember Thrive Magazine? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We performed at the bouquet. Uh, yes. Yes. But Boise was super hungry for that, too. Yeah. It was great. Our first show had like 300 people shoved into the bouquet. Good God. And it was awful. I cannot, I mean. <laughs> I know. I bet it was I just know. horrible. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't like even imagine show, how awful it was. Like, I remember being terrified, and I wasn't scared of being naked. I was just. What did you? Terrified. Yeah, what, what did you, Somebody else choreographed my act for me. Somebody okay. else made the costume. Like. It was literally like... You were just performing. Here you go. This is what... It, and I was like, okay. Like, I'm a fucking puppet. And funny thing was, it was a puppet master act to Fiona Apple. Oh, perfect. Oh. Yeah. I know. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> to Fiona Apple. I was I was like, I don't know, man. It, with the first four, three, four years of being sober, I was just in this insecure mm. and... Sure. Like all that, you know, because I had no identity and I was trying to find myself and just like, okay, I'm going to that trusting, like, I'm going to trust that this is what I should be doing and let others guide me because I have nothing to pull from really. Like I just felt hollow. Uh, And then I found out I really liked burlesque a lot. So I'm a theater major and I went, my upper division classes, I started focusing more on studying burlesque because you get to tailor oh, so those a little bit. During the, okay. Yeah, okay. you get to tailor those more towards what you're interested in. So Philippe Petit, the tightrope walker, the funambulist, okay. who walked between the Twin Towers in 1974. Okay. He was my, one of my main points of study because I got a little obsessed with him. And I just remembered you in the tightrope stuff. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, okay. I sold it. Oh, no. I know. Well, it's not probably for me, but... <laughs> 
after it's been in your basement for three years collecting dust, yeah, and there okay. are other people who actually perform on a sure. tight wire. You should. I just remember I forgot about that where you brought it to some barbecue thing and then I and and oh, you were yeah. you were entertaining people to come do it and I did it and that's you're just right. like what the fuck oh yeah that was uh I think Jessica and it was Dan. Jessica's yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah that was fun um, I I I felt very. Very accomplished. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Because you're do walking it. <laughs> on a quarter inch wire. It's well, and like, awesome. Every other person who went before me couldn't do it. I was like, "Fuck yeah, bro!" <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No. It, yeah, that was great. I started studying burlesque, and I started like seeing that it was not just uh, like, oh, there's actually like a burlesque scene out there. It's pretty easy to get isolated in little isolated Idaho or oh, little isolated sure. Boise, you know? But over, like, in bigger cities. Exactly, like, uh, internationally, there's the bigger okay. burlesque scene. Uh, the cherry bombs crumbled. Uh, my friend who was part of that with me were like, well, we still want to perform. What do we do? Let's right. start our own show. We can't hold a whole show together. Let's start the Red Life Variety Show. So you so you were part of the initial... Yeah. The, okay, that's yeah. what I thought, but yeah. part of it, I was like, well, maybe I just yeah. no, associate I was, you with them. I kind of held it together for the first okay. four-ish years, and then it got a pretty solid cast, and then I started not getting along with people, and I was sure. like, I want to do my own Stuff thing, happens, and then yeah. I left. Uh, but the evolution, man, I got to say, like, like burlesque wouldn't have saved me, but fucking finding your own voice and your own uh, confidence within, like, I mean, it's Quite I feel, literal, right? I like, feel like that. I am confident in my body. Look, it here is my body. I feel like uh, just again, just from like peripherally knowing you and just seeing you from afar for years, mm-hmm. like I can see that evolution. Yeah, of just like through performance, through just walking around, seeing you around, like something about like your demeanor is just uh, confidence. Like you just said, like you've just become like it's been a journey, and it's still not all there. But it, it man, the I feel so much more solid as a human being today that's, that's than even to like say. five years ago. Right? That's like, what I'm trying to say. It's I like, have a I sense of identity. It. It's like palpable, and that is thanks. Yeah, that's really cool. No, it is. Tr- it is. Uh, it, honestly, it um, feels good though. Like, and yeah. then I, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize. Like, you get to decide who you are. Yeah. That I. That was such a. I. Not even a concept I realized existed. Sure. And that was crazy. So like getting the identity of I am a mother. So what does a mother look like? Right. Right. I get to define that. Nobody else does. I can take what I want from other people. I am sober. Great. How do you define that? <laughs> take what you want. Leave the rest. Exactly. That kind of shit. Ugh. I'm a student. I'm a daughter. <laughs> I'm an employee. Do I like my job? No, but so that's okay. <laughs> or and then like you know we can bleep that part out if you want. <laughs> no, I like my job. That was I guess talking no, about I'm the kidding. ghetto waitress at Lavoie. Sure. <laughs> but no, I really I really like my job now. Uh, but uh, yeah, creating my own or being given the permission sure. and I don't I think that was something that took a long like that osmosis shit like sure. took a long time for me to find like you get to create your own identity as an artist you don't have to you know you can define yourself as you will as an artist right, right? as a as whatever and put your own labels on and if it doesn't fit change it sure get the label maker out rip that shit off <laughs> put on a new one <clears throat> cool yeah so it's been a really beautiful journey of it, like well and I, I I know you're like your kid's getting older and it's a pain in the ass, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But you, I, even walking in, I you, you look upbeat and happy. <laughs> and like, I mean, I, I register that that might just be because you just got to make it through the day. Well, right? no, but, I had my dad took him for two days, which was yeah. left. So I like the anger level has subsided and I'm calmly braced for his return this evening. 
Oh, he like literally took him. Like, he yeah, just yeah. Uh, Dan house. had a couple oh, gigs in Pocatello, sure, so sure. we went down there for the weekend, and it was lovely. Just Friday and Saturday. Pocatello night. was lovely. I know. <laughs> Never thought those. No, I know, I know. It was like a little. We had this cute little Airbnb. We we're in Old Town. There's all this dude. There was a store. It said indoor garage sale, right? So it's all like these tchotchke kind of shitty shit sure. in the top, and downstairs was a fucking room bigger than this studio, probably the size of your back room back uh-huh. there, full of gaudy ass beaded rhinestone gowns <laughs> so, it, you, so your back of your truck your car is full of no them because the cheapest one was 268 dollars <laughs> okay. so it was a little much but i was like this is in pocatello what and our airbnb was super quaint and i like had, had like this brain space to be able to do my projects or just lay on the couch and i yeah. didn't have this so you had a holiday i had a holiday yeah yeah i don't care where i was like it, but this <laughs> was a you. very like the the atmosphere was very quaint and lovely and then we went to the hot springs and that was also very nice very yeah. nice yeah very good so relaxed so are you still doing like a monthly show for uh, uh burlesque or is that on hiatus or i'm not anything? nope i'm not doing a monthly show anymore uh dan and i did that for four years at penn Gillies, and right. then uh that was like okay you get to sit back and yeah, so look at what's on the horizon. What's Anne? on the horizon? Uh, the monthly show was too much, and I didn't yeah. have time to put four years of it. I, I I've tried. We to took do, summers off. Well, but still, yeah. dude, even trying to do of eight of them a year. It was two monthly. The second start, second year onward, it was it was a lot. That's a lot. But it was great though because it built the audience in Boise. Sure. It built like oh hey look it's accessible <laughs> and it got a lot of newer performers coming. Two other women have taken over that slot. And they're like pumping out, like new people are like, oh shit, this is an art form. This is cool. Yeah. Let's do this. Like, and, and so it's really cool that that's still thriving. Uh, so I had to reevaluate like, so first off, you don't have time. Second, you, what's your number one role? That's mom. That is demanding yeah. more of your time. Sure. And third, like, what do you want to focus on? Right. So the big first amendment shit that came up when the VAC was busted. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. That was for my show. Sure. Undercover cops were there and they're like blue laws. Fine. Blah. ACLU jumped on board. Deborah Ferguson and Craig right. Durham jumped on board and like we this won. Was two years ago, three years ago. I think it was three years yeah. ago. But since then I was like, all right, I, I'm a white girl in Idaho. Right. <laughs> so I don't, I am not firsthand experiencing a lot of discrimination, a lot of right. overt uh, or subvert racism. Like I work in an all female uh, work environment, which is really healthy. Right. (laughs) So I'm not getting a lot of that, not getting a lot of the machismo, the masculine bullshit. Sure. uh, Which I'm fucking fortunate. I I can't see you taking much of that anyway. God, when it comes up though, man, I'm like, yeah. And then I walk away. I'm like, why didn't you just call? It just happened yesterday at the, stage stop outside of Boise. Okay. I was like, I got to the car and I was like, Dan, why didn't I just say something to him? Why did, you know? Was he just like a little he girl offered, or a little no, sister or something? He's like, or... I was looking at the gaudy uh, cowboy jewelry, uh-huh. like looking to see if anything was my style. And this man comes up and he's like, hey, you want me to buy you something? And I was like, wow. No, I'm just looking, thanks. It's not quite my style. Well, so he's just like, hitting on you. Right, but I was like... <laughs> When I got back to the car, I was like, why didn't you say, what would, why would you want to buy me something? Yeah, that's a fucking, What are you trying to do? That's a, that's you know, a I mean, turn to, that back to, turn that back. Yeah. Why would you offer to buy a stranger something? Tell me your motive there. Uh, like, that's what I should have said to him. So I'm, whatever. I'm getting there. I'm getting better. Yeah, well, at it, I don't, but, there's 
probably an argument for not throwing a fit in the middle of the stage. I didn't. Stop. I didn't have yeah. to throw a fit. Like I'm also really good. Not throwing a fit, but yeah, like but making, just I, you know. I, I, I excuse me, sir, but saying. why would you offer to buy yeah. me something? Just yeah. saying it in that tone. Like, call him out. Like, yeah, make, make call him, him out, but gently. Yeah. Like make him a little uncomfortable. Like he just made me a little uncomfortable. It wasn't no overt. Yeah. But just give it back to him. Uh, and I didn't do that. So I'm practicing that. Nonetheless, I uh, am. That is a bizarre thing. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I am fortunate in my environment, right? Uh, sure. The, and I feel like a lot of people in my immediate peer group are relatively fortunate in their environments. Okay. We're pretty much white, privileged women. Yeah. Okay. Right? Uh, so the shows that I have been producing lately and focusing on, uh, I'm only doing a couple a year and I want like they don't necessarily have to be political, but that's where they're that's okay. where they're leaning in. Pretty yeah, much you. you can make anything political. But like we just did the menstrual show right. in February and Which was I thought it was your show, but then we talked afterwards and it was you were uh, just helping I co- produce it. Right. right. I produced it and it was the brainchild of Samantha Zapora. Okay. She's a, a womb specialist special specialist. Uh, like midwife, the, f- the female womb. Yes. Okay. Not yes. like some special acronym womb. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. uh, and, uh, but it was fascinating. Like I learned a lot about my body that I didn't know. Sure. Right? I went to the show. Yeah. Oh, great. Or one of the shows. Yeah. yeah. I hope you went Saturday. I went Friday. Friday. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Okay, I, I, we talked about that, and you said that. No, that's hey, right. My blood go, pack worked go much better on Saturday. Yeah, sorry you missed my blood pack. Oh, was it better on Saturday? It was better. It actually worked. I now know how to do it, uh, uh, but it's impressive. I, it, no, it, I thought it was great. Okay, I enjoyed cool. it a lot. Uh, you know, but shows that have a little bit more. I realized too. One thing with theater and uh, with, um, I I took a, a year or so off of actual work work. Uh, to just be an artist and just do okay. like I was hustling, man, and creating the like here that's hard. Uh, yeah, for fucking burlesque. Yeah, like there was some speakeasy jazz thing, and I would dance at that, and I was okay. hosting I trivia. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But when there's not the audience for it, and yeah. you're like one of two producers in town, sure, uh, it's pretty challenging. Anyways, I tried. Hey, I try and do comedy. I got yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I realized like. In this form, in theater, in straight theater, right, or legitimate theater, straight. as I like to okay, call it, sure. uh, <laughs> you are catering to a very privileged audience. The NPR crowd. That's who you got to hit crowd. up in Boise. You got to get the oh, NPR no, crowd. Oh, no, and I'm totally getting them at my shows now. Which <laughs> you are, yes. Goddamn, can I tell you how excited I am uh, about oh, that? I want that. find that tipping point so bad for uh, my stuff that I, I produce. Finally, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I have them. But, yes, and I, I understand, but they're also the ones who can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. But so your shows need to inspire difference. Sure. If you're in that. And I can't be doing just like some jackass speakeasy shit or some really great show at Boise Contemporary Theater that has a deeper message. But, you know, it's also entertainment uh, to make it my existence worthwhile. I feel you. Yeah. So the job that I have now, I get to be part of something and it's great. And the shows that I produce are fewer and far. I do two a year. With a, a marathon in the summer, right? So three a year, um, <laughs> and and that's catering to like that keeping the scene alive and getting people out sure. and exposed into bigger. So are you working on one right now? That's yeah. The marathon's coming up in July. Okay, um, and that's for performers to get quality professional video with in front of a live audience. Sure, so they but, can but, submit but, it to festivals. But for your own, for your own, like special. Yeah, I have a show. Uh, the title is still in working. So sure. last year we did uh, Punching Up Stories of Descent, mm-hmm. right? 
discharge from the UK came Lillian Bustle, Judith Stein, Sergeant Vice. It was incredible. Sure. And so having these powerhouse performers with different backgrounds, different. Like Judith is 70, I think she was 71 last year. Okay. She's fucking rad. She stripped in Boise back in the day when there was actually a burlesque circuit here. Oh, far out. Okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, Lillian Bustle is a qu- or a, a fat activist. Okay. She is oh, a see. performer okay. of size. Discharge uh, is a queer drag queen from Bristol. Uh, Sergeant Device is a performer of color. Like just so bringing in things, sure. people, things You're not that we are not here. exposed yeah. to, right? Because hey, the world is bigger than Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Um, and God, if I don't know, how am I going to do? Th- so I need, like, I have traveled. I've gone to England and New York and Seattle and other places to learn. And I'm like, oh my God, my eyeballs and my brain are is exploding. So but how do you get that back here? Right. So, so you're trying to bring them back. Trying to not those same. So in okay. the in the uh, November again, discharge is coming, and then three other secret performers who I can't tell you. Yet, okay, but that's good. Really but big as long deals. as you're as long as you're I'm, working on. Oh no, and and the best thing. So I. I <laughs> Now I'm going I'm to use I wish hand. I could. You're doing the jazz hands. I'm doing jazz hands. These so are my excited, excited hands. These are my excited hands. I was doing that in the car because I was excited about something and Dan started rubbing my hand thinking that, uh, yeah, he was going that to I was sleep. going to sleep. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, that's my happy hand. Leave it alone. Uh, but uh, working, I wanted to be more proactive. Like last year, it was reactionary, punching mm. up, right? Okay. This year, so like Dreams of Descent. That is not the title, working on this. Okay. Uh, but, you know, proactive. Like this is my utopian dream right here. This is how I would like to exist. And it is not the norm, but this is what I love, right? So a more proactive stance to that. Uh, I have this whole big document that's working. My attorney who represented the First Amendment case, sure. Richie Epnick from the ACLU, was like, I would love to get on board with that. And he's helping me brainstorm shit. That's and he's awesome. going to do possibly a spoken word piece on his, I know. For real? For real. On on Is his, this going to be at the VAC? Yeah, this is at the VAC. Nice. Uh, oh, shit, I don't have the exact dates. The November 22nd, 23rd. Doesn't matter. Yeah, at the VAC this fall. Okay. In November. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's really and, and applications are going to be open to performers across the country. I got a couple uh performers from you know who I hadn't invited like and paid to get here uh sure. to <laughs> apply last year and the work, you know, it's it takes time you, to build I, this shit. I'm, I'm working on the third year of my festival. I right. understand exactly. It what takes you're time about. to build it, it and time. to get people to notice you. And, and especially then there's like when that you're balance. trying to do something special and new and focus on providing shit that you don't get around. Right, here. but also like within the burlesque community itself, like keeping yourself oh, on gosh. Facebook, but yeah. then not on. Yeah, you know, so people see you and like, hey, I'm a real person, and right. I'm like sort of legitimate in this world. Yeah, uh, but I'm also in Boise, Idaho. But which, I'm in Boise, Idaho, <laughs> right? And like, here's a map. And you have to also like. Make sure you're out and ex- like performing yeah. in their cities and ex- yeah. exposing yourself. Yeah. So do you do you perform a bunch right now? Anyway, uh, I mean, do you travel to go do that? I don't travel to go do that a whole yeah. lot right yeah. now. That's hard. Uh, yeah, it's hard uh, to do. I have um, in the past a little bit. Uh, festivals are really great. Uh, right now, my kid is really demanding. Sure. No, uh, I, I've so picked I've... up on that just peripherally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have very little. It's like uh, you are home. You are focused on what is happening right now and know that that's going to change very quickly. Did he just finish his sophomore year? Uh, Well, it just ended. That's what I mean. Yeah. Did he just finish the sophomore year? <laughs> I will say the oh, year just ended. Oh, I ended, understand. But... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Whether or not he actually is it, finished with it. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't <clears throat> attend school for most uh, of this year. Yeah, okay. Or we had a hard time. No, I got gotcha. you. We had a hard I time gotcha. this year. This year sucked. It's uh, not looking up for next, but it's fine. Right now, he's in a really hard spot. 
this is the hardest part of parenting, right? I mean, oh my knowing God. that the kid's going to have to do their own thing. Yeah. Which is and knowing them so as easy a for me to say not having the same kind of level of troubles. but Right. But you have three kids and you've gone through I've your gone through own, own stuff levels it, of, right. And you yeah. know the intensity and you're like, well, and this is where my focus is. Yeah. Yep. And I'm here and available and I have these projects that are there and I can't even sit down and do them because I don't no, have the brain power. But right I do now. appreciate that, like, number one, I'm a mom. Like, yeah. This is my kid. And the best we can do is provide them some sense of grace when they step Fuck. out that door oh my God. and it, are it, no longer having to come back in your house, right? Like, Or just, well, I'm not even to that point and I'm hoping that that's going to be the thing. But right now, like holding the boundaries yeah. and like, man, if you're not being accountable, I have to be accountable to our right. home and right. the safety of our home and spelled it out pretty clearly. Like this happens and then this is yeah. this is the reaction, you know, this action takes place and this is what happens. And that I'm, I feel for you. Oh, that's uh, okay. But it's, it's, you know, I want to buy you some cowboy jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really like cowboy jewelry. No, cowboy jewelry sounds horrible. I can't even imagine you'd stop and look at it. Well, because there's sparkly shit, you know, they put rhinestones and turquoise on everything. Oh God, I hate turquoise, but. I like it when used in more the hippie sense, not the cowboy on your ass. Even even the hippie sense. The hippie turquoise always got on my nerves, but. It's okay. It. <laughs> it's not my go-to thing for sure. But I was I got to scope it out. Maybe there's some sure. gaudy rhinestone thing in there that I really need. Of course you do. Yeah, but I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you didn't need creepy cowboy offering. He had, he had a turban on. It was interesting. A turban? Yeah, he was a Middle Eastern man. Oh, well, that's off- why he was offered to buy you because that's just the way so this is a he wants to present himself. I don't know. Of, but I don't know. Right? I don't, so I, that was also like... I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. He probably just figures he can get away with it because he's wearing a turban. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But then I was I was, a, I was like, well, I don't want to... I am not familiar with his culture and I don't want to be a total bitch. I'm like, I'm a white girl and I'm blah, 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 all powered up feminist. Like, and also I was just processing like... Yeah, no, thank you. And we talked about the jewelry a little bit, and he was really nice. And then Dan came out of the bathroom, and I was like, oh. Yeah, and then as you stepped away, you're like, that wasn't okay. Yeah, and I was like, man, I'm glad you walked by just then. And then I was like, fuck, I hate the fact that I need you to walk by. And I didn't quite need you to walk by then, but fuck that noise, too. I do feel you. That's, I, yeah. Anyway, this is... This is even more than I had hoped. This is this is terrific. No, oh, I appreciate. I'm I, I glad you weren't looking for something linear because I am not. No, I I want to just. I don't know. I mean, how how do you feel? How do you feel about your sobriety right now? Like, just in this moment. In, in this, this moment, weekend, I'm confident in it. Yeah. I will say, man, I gotta. For me, like, yeah, let's bring it back to sobriety. Because, yeah, first I'm a mom, but before that I have to be sober. Of course. Uh, and that, That's uh, like the zeroth. Yeah, right. That's, that is your base level. And uh, I had a two weekends ago when I went to the uh-huh. Red House. Uh-huh. I thought I like this shit is that cunning, baffling, and powerful is a yeah. fucking real, what are those called? Parable? <laughs> yeah, but that's not what they call them. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, Catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. Catch, yeah, yeah, parable yeah. I like better. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's an accurate. It's, no, but uh, that's what we're going to call it. Okay. It is a parable of the disease of alcoholism. Platitude. Coming... It's a platitude. Okay. That's what go. it is. Uh, I want it like I was I was really, really sad and I was having I did not my family was exploding and I mm. did not know what to do with myself mm-hmm. and I had that empty like and I was laying in bed listening to a really depressing audiobook, which didn't help. <laughs> and uh, I had like, you might as well just be laying here with a case of Corona. And yeah. uh, 
you know, because fuck it. And I didn't care if I woke up hungover and I didn't care if I didn't get as drunk when I started drinking the next day. Like I played it all through and I didn't give a flying fuck. And the thing that saved me is I didn't have the energy to drive to the gas station. But you drove to the... I went to the fucking Red House in like... I'm not, I was not very safe driving because I was sobbing so much. Like, oh. I know it was, and that hadn't happened. Like, I've gotten really emotional. Sure. I, my, like, my heart has been wrenched out in sobriety with my kid or sure. relationships. Well, 16 years. So yeah. And like life, life continues to happen. Yeah. But that was the first time in a really long time where I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This shit is real. Yeah. And if someone was, I have a hard time being around needles. Uh, I can watch like... Drug scenes in movies, I'm like, whoa. For Every real? so often, it bug. Yep, they bug me. Sure. Or it's warm outside, and the veins in my arms start popping out, and I was like, oh my god, it's back. That's an interesting sensation. And I've and never then I I'm like that. I thought I destroyed that vein. I could hit that. I'm like, where did that thought come from? Like, right. it's still there. It sure. is very much still part of me, and that's fine. But I have to acknowledge it and not keep hiding it. Uh, so I acknowledge it, and I have to do work. Yeah. And the work for me, I have to fucking. I have a good group of people who is sober. Yeah. And I can check in on not just like, I'm going to fucking use, but just like, dude, I feel like shit today. Yeah. And if I lay in my bed too long, yeah. which I tend to do when I'm getting real down, sure, somebody will call me. And that helps. One of those people. I have those people. Yeah. They showed themselves last weekend. I had three of them. That's really beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, I need you, right? But then like, so that's the very base level. But after that, like I have to have, for me, I have to have things to do. Sure. I have to have things to do to keep myself occupied. Somebody told me the three keys to happiness when I was 15, and I have always held on to these. Always have something to do, always have someone to love, and always have something to look forward to. That's And then I heard a TED Talk that included a fourth one, have someone to be of service to, right? There you go. So if you can find those in any capacity, and I found that to be very true, like looking forward to watching True Detective with my husband when I get home, (laughs) or looking forward to rhinestoning the Our Lady of Guadalupe patch that I found. Very nice. Right? I have these projects and stuff, and I have people to love, whether it's my husband or whether it's my coworker who I feel, you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the love the yeah, romantic, like right. no, very no. intimate yeah, love, love, like, like actual love. No. Yes, yeah. uh, if those if those things <laughs> actual exist, actual love, right? Jesus no, Christ. but the the, the smoochy yeah, blah yeah. blah blah, my soulmate bullshit. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Well, you know, <laughs> I right, do know, right? Like yeah. when have gone through like tragic in air quotes breakups. Yeah. Like yeah. you still have people to love around you, yeah. and that's you know we need that to survive. But so I have to keep myself in check with those things, and I know. I don't know. I yeah. yeah, I have to keep myself in check with those things. I go to meetings. I don't go as regularly sure. as I used to. I go I've always kind of gone in waves. Sure. Since like year four. Yeah. Uh but I need to hit at least four a month. Yeah. For me to be to feel whatever. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah. Yeah. So that's you know. Yeah, I when I went to that ten PM I was just it was nowhere near that distraught. But I was just like, what the fuck? is wrong with me and I just like I wanted to like just go sit in a corner and hit my head against the wall and yeah. I was like or just go to that meeting and just get out of your head for a minute right ding dong and be grateful for what you're not exactly oh. and and that's all I mean most of the time I go to those that red house type meeting the, yeah the, is I'm glad I'm not right like, like a lot of the people in this room I'm glad I was great. able not, to evolve further into right. my life meaning that's my more sobriety what I mean. you're right. yeah I know and I look at and then you have to look too, like how much shit did they come in with? What were they, mm-hmm. you know, like where did they start as a child, as a fetus, right? Yeah, what everything. All of the privilege that I have, they probably were not allotted yeah. and this is really good for them. 
And I can sit here and judge the fuck out of them. I and try I so hard not will. to judge. I, I, try, I really oh, try man, not I'm to. I'm a bitch in my brain. <laughs> I am. Uh, I feel like I've gotten past a lot of that. I went, <laughs> When I first started going in there, man, I was like, what the fuck is with these people? But yeah, I, I don't know. I lo- I'm, Now it's more I'm individuals okay. that I know for sure yeah, I should be judging. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess my particular, the man was telling somebody who was bipolar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving start, like, advice like, that has nothing to do with no, not using. No, this man using. who did not have teeth and who was not even speaking very good English, uh, meaning like he is a white man who speaks English as his first language, and just not putting his sentences together articulate. very well and telling this person they don't need medication. And I was like... Yeah, that kind of thing. No, that, that really, really bothered me. But... Um, that person who was on the receiving end of that has their own journey to walk to sure. and they have their own you know everybody's got their own path and sure help me get out of my sad spot which sure. was <laughs> which was the it, hope that's, right? I needed to I, I know how to deal with anger we'll address that someday too but right now <laughs> it kind of saved my ass that night uh, well, alright yeah. Well, that sounds good. I'm, I, I, do you, I'm, I'm good with this. This was. A, I'm so glad that you came to Yay, talk with me. Thanks for having me. I, this was crazy my fingers weird are and awesome. S- my fingers are super crossed that that of the recording didn't get fucked up like the last one ah! I tried to do. So yeah. Uh, thank you, Anne. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dylan. All right. Talk okay. to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys listening. And if you're interested in anything that we've talked about or if you just want to reach out, uh, you can you can find me on Facebook or um, through the Eavesdrop Podcast Network. You can contact me there. And just if you want to say hi or if you, if you need to speak or you, 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 want, to, you want to talk to me about anything, um, feel free to reach out. I, I, I love every one of you. And I... Uh, I hope you're doing well, and thanks again for listening. I'll wake up when I'm sober, which will probably